This is a crypto finance podcast. We are holding internal knowledge sessions and publish selected episodes to share our know-how and experience with you. We had a dedicated education session about the Bitcoin's digital gold meme, what that means, how that works, how it held up um, during the crisis. I would like to revisit that at some point, uh, but not today. Today, I would like to talk about actually the, um, the, the, the other crypto assets and their memes. Um, it's very important for me to mention that today I'm not going to talk about, or at least I will try to refrain from talking about if those crypto assets fulfill that meme or how they aim to fulfill that meme, but just what is their, their emotion that they try to sell, their appeal that they try. So uh, some certainly do not fill the meme that I'm, that I'm introducing. Okay, so we had Bitcoin as digital gold. Uh, what does that mean? It's, it's supposed to be somewhat a stable version in a sense, but um, obviously only reaching towards becoming a stable version once it has a certain market cap. It's supposed to be stable compared to other things. For example, um, like currencies in emerging markets, uh, it's supposed to be a hedge against inflation um, in, in the same way as gold is, and it's supposed to be a safe haven. I think we had, we talked enough about that, so we can we can probably leave it there. Um, if, number two, Ethereum. What do you guys think about Ethereum? Not if you like it or not, but what is Ethereum? What does it stand for? It's for me, it's a usage of technology somehow. So for me, Bitcoin brought up the technology first time, and then the things came up with dimension, and then now you can make implications, use cases on that technology, which are very, sometimes look very tailored. Mm -hmm. I would label it as the oil of the blockchain. So you, you use it, you can fuel it to uh, make certain kinds of transactions and just burn and waste it. You can build it to other things. So that's a high level mm -hmm. meme. And so the, the meme that, that, that Ethereum came out with somewhat in the, in the beginning um, is that they are the world computer, right? That's some of the, the idea that, that if I have my, if I'm at home, I have my computer, I can do my stuff on my computer. If I want to interact with somebody, then it usually works by emailing that to somebody or by, by maybe having Google spreadsheet that we jointly use, but then it's between us and getting somebody else involved or get pulling in um, external data becomes increasingly difficult the more you want to do that. You can pull in foreign data, uh, but you can actually not influence others. Um, so you, it's very difficult to convince others from pulling your data because you have control over your data. So I might be willing to pull in uh, information from Google Finance or from, from um, Bloomberg into my spreadsheet where I calculate my net worth. Um, but I will have a very hard time um, if I aggregate data on, on my spreadsheet to convince somebody else from pulling in my data, even if my data is like well aggregated, um, because, because I have control over that. Uh, I can change whatever I want, and that would destroy potentially the use case of others. Right? So, and, and Ethereum is, um, is like intended as a way of, of the world computer, of having one computer, one set of data, one state, that's maybe a whole, um, I'll talk about that in a second, but that's of, uh, of allowing interoperability because of certain guarantees of those respective smart contracts, which is kind of my spreadsheet would in Ethereum then be my smart contract. 
And if I, if I disclose how I, how I aggregate the data, then others can pull that in. So very easy interoperability between different use cases of shared state. This shared state is, is actually something which is, which is very important to all the blockchains. Bitcoin had that, Ethereum has a richer shared state. So you, you don't only have balances and in Bitcoin, you also don't only have balances, you have UTXOs and, and scripts behind those UTXOs, but that's not part of their meme, right? That's, um, Ethereum made that really part of their meme to have rich statefulness as uh, Vitalik Buterin called it once. Uh, there was in a tweet where he said, Turing completeness was always a red herring. Uh, the real power of Ethereum is rich statefulness. So that you, you can interact by agreeing on a certain state. This certain state, I mentioned this now because this rich state, uh, the best description of that that I found so far is uh, blockchains are a globally consistent data structure. So you have, a, have a, not only a state, but really a data structure, a rich data structure that's globally consistent across, everybody can access the, the same um, state of that data structure. This phrase, globally consistent data structure, is something that Polkadot came up with. Polkadot is not on the top 10 list, but I wanted to mention that, like at least an honorable mention for coming up with the phrase globally consistent data structure. That's a very nice way of putting it. Coming to your, um, the, the oil, or um, that's, that's actually the way to make Ethereum work is Ether. So Ether is like the, the oil of Ethereum, of that world computer. I think that's useful to think about it, at least as a meme, how true that is or not. Uh, this is then again a, a different discussion. Okay, so next on the list is, is Tether. Uh, I don't really want to talk too much about Tether because it's a stable coin. Uh, it's, it's just a, a, a digital or a blockchain representation of, of fiat. It's bound to fiat, so it has the same upsides and downsides as fiat, plus the upsides and downsides that are bound to their pegging. The, the upside that it has compared to the US dollar is that it's, it's supposed to move much faster, allowing for more efficient arbitrage between exchanges. Um, that is just a digital version of, of uh, fiat and due to that much faster. This kind of is slightly undermined by fiat mostly already being digital and uh, the slowness in fiat mostly being like intentional due to compliance work that's necessary and, and maybe some holding period in order to, um, to be able to cancel a transfer. It would not really be a technological problem to enable immediate settled digital fiat. This is somewhat intentionally that, that we don't have that these days, um, but nevertheless, that's, that's their main. It's digital fiat, it's better than fiat and has all the upsides of fiat in their worldview. Um, Ripple, what does Ripple do? Micropayments. Or payments across across borders, right. not only micro. I'm I was not even aware that micropayment is something that we're aiming for. It, it's it's kind of counter to the technology that they use, actually. So I mean, Ripple is intended as cross-border. It's also intended as a bridge between currencies. Their idea was that they have a hub and spokes type um, system where banks are hubs and individuals are spokes, uh, where they where the spoke can have their own private key, can have their own asset but basically own them UBS dollar or UBS Swiss franc or HSBC dollar uh, that can be interchanged with each other. And in that system, the, the XRP token was actually just intended to provide liquidity be between uh, seldomly traded pairs, right? So that uh, each of these things does have a market uh, with XRP and that that is what gives 
XRP, the value. Is that a reality? Does, does XRP has actually a market with each uh, famous currency in the world? Is, they, is it deep enough? Is it liquid enough, these markets? They bought a stake or overtook uh, MoneyGram. I think they are quite successful in, in this field by transacting money from one border to the other. But where is this liquidity? Because I don't see it in the exchanges. Yeah. Like, is it no, it's, it, that's not in the exchanges. The idea, and you, you have that if you look at the transactions that happen on the Ripple blockchain, uh, a lot of the transactions are actually not transferring Ripple. But like the, uh, there are other transfer types is putting an order into an order book between XRP and some currency. This currency is, is then uh, again something which is, which, which is like the UBS dollar that would work by UBS putting dollar to the side, issuing a stable coin essentially, which is backed by them. Uh, and then you could have um, an on-chain living, essentially um, the Ripple network is a decentralized exchange except that it's not decentralized. So it's an exchange. Um, and the idea there is that like the, the on-chain trading pairs are against all currencies. That's not on the exchanges. But even if, even if Ripple would do that, I don't really see that XRP would take this role of liquidity provider um, between the markets um, that would probably be US dollar. Uh, and yeah, there you would have, uh, UBS US dollar and HFTC US dollar and City US dollar. But first, those would have very liquid trading pairs among each other, and probably uh, it's even that um, if one uh, if one starts, like if, if one big bank actually does that, that would probably be become the de facto US dollar on the Ripple chain, just as State Street's ETF is the de facto uh, S&P 500 ETF. Uh, there exists nothing else than SPY. Of course there is, but like, that's the one that you talked about. Okay, so, so much for Ripple. Um, Ripple has a very hard time differentiating between the XRP token and the Ripple network and the Ripple company. Uh, they have to make that differentiation for uh, regulatory reasons. Um, they do not have control over the Ripple blockchain. They just happen to, by sake of a donation in the beginning of the foundation, uh, own a whole stay, a whole bunch of XRP, but apart from that, they have nothing to do with each other. Like that's that's the, the 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 idea that they try to float. Um, after that is Bitcoin Cash. What is Bitcoin Cash? It's uh, cheap payments forever, basically. Yeah, that would maybe slightly be the. Oh yeah, sorry, I wanted to say why I think that Ripple is not suitable for microtransactions, uh, because if you if you create a Ripple account. Um, then you have to put 20 XRP on there and those 20 XRP you can never withdraw. So yeah, you can transfer small amounts, but, uh, but you cannot really create. Uh, so there is a rather high onboarding fee. Bitcoin Cash has the, the micropayments um, case in mind. Uh, really the, the cash, I mean, Bitcoin has this, um, the, the Bitcoin white pair has the title, uh, a peer-to-peer -peer digital cash. And this cash has several, Parts of it. But if I if I hand a twenty franc note over to somebody, um, then this is this is like final. It's uncensorable because nobody can make that twenty franc note disappear. And nobody can prevent me from handing that over to somebody unless they are watching at the time. It's it's can be done for very small amounts uh, and it's instantly settled and very secure. And those are all properties of cash. But and and where where Bitcoin um, takes off those properties more the 
uh, very secure and as good in privacy as possible properties. Uh, Bitcoin Cash takes off these properties more the, uh, it's very small amounts. I can also hand over one Ruppen. That's what Bitcoin Cash concentrates on. They want to be the chain that, uh, that enables very small transactions and just not claims that by white masses using that, that will make it uncensorable. Um, Bitcoin is kind of, kind of uncensorable because the requirements for running a node are extremely low. So it's, it's not really possible to stop that. I could run a node on my mobile and nobody would even know. I, could, I, can, I can have a satellite dish on my, um, on, on my balcony and nobody knows that that powers a, a Bitcoin node. While Bitcoin Cash goes the other route, they want to make it so popular. Again, I'm not judging if that's possible or not. It's just about the meme. They want to make it so pop popular uh, that everybody uses that. And by everybody using it, um, that, the, that the masses of legitimate use cases um, would stand in the way of prohibiting use of Bitcoin Cash. So that the regulator cannot come in and say, this is used for drug money. If just everybody knows I used this morning to pay for, for my bagel. So that's, that's the idea there, and it's, um, they, they have a very different notion of cash in that case, um, but, but that's like, fair enough. Do you know if they're working on instant settlements? I mean, something like the Lightning Network, something like that? Well, they, they do say that, um, that it is instantly settled because they got rid of a few things in Bitcoin. Uh, that would really get, probably get us too far and take too long, but, uh, but the idea there is that um, uh, I mean, rip, uh, Bitcoin, for example, has replaced by fee. So if I send a transaction, then until that transaction actually is in the blockchain, it's considered uh, volatile or ephemeral. Um, so it's, it's not really real yet. And reality is that it can be, any miner can decide to, instead of that, uh, take another transaction that was signed by the same, by the same key. Um, to include that instead. So everything is kind of ephemeral at that point, at that point in time. And, and this replaced by fee is just a notion of formalizing that, of saying, of, of giving a wallet the chance to say, okay, I want this one instead. And like that's, that's changing an ephemeral state. But changing an ephemeral state, that doesn't even semantically make sense because ephemeral states are changeable like, by definition. But, the, but Bitcoin Cash just says, okay, uh, we have a rule in the network, like in the mempool, uh, a miner has to take the first transaction that he sees. So a miner, as soon as it's propagated through the network, it's considered to be secure, even though I can, if somebody, if a miner then includes a, a contradicting transaction, I cannot prove that he knew of the first transaction. But there, they do have the idea that it is instantly settled by quickly propagating through the network. And I think you, I, will, I am having a hard time of, uh, of telling those memes like in a, a neutral tone. I think you're, you're easily looking behind that, but I'm, I'm doing my best. <laughs> okay. Um, these trades, they, they concentrate on speed, no? Bitcoin Cash, yes, yes. Uh, Bitcoin Cash concentrates on, con yeah, they concentrate on speed. Uh, speed, I think, is a, is a weird phrase because it's still 10-minute block times. Mm -hmm. But they concentrate on blocks can be so big um, that a miner, does a miner never has to choose between do I, do adoption I, kind of, sorry? It's rather mass adoption than... Yeah, it's, it's like, um, I mean, in Bitcoin, a miner takes from the mempool the most worthwhile transactions. 
which kind of also means that if I broadcast a transaction, I cannot be sure that it's being booted in the next block. If I pay too little, it might not. If the next block takes an hour and other transactions come in that pay more, then I might, it might not, even if I, if I paid a, reason, um, a reasonable fee. Uh, for Bitcoin Cash, the idea is the blocks are so big that a miner will always, every 10 minutes, include all transactions. So that kind of makes it quickly settled, not, not instantly settled, but, but fast enough. And probably for them, it would be a good idea to reduce the block time to two minutes, something of that type, with these big blocks still to speed it up even more. But again, they have the, the notion that whatever is in the mempool is already secure. So that's, that's it. What's the downside of having such a big block rather than one megabyte block? Why wouldn't Bitcoin do it? Uh, well, we did have education sessions about that. Oh, and, um, I, I can give you the very short answer, which is um, in order to follow this one megabyte block in Bitcoin, actually it's four megabytes by now. So um, for this four megabyte block to propagate through the network, uh, arrive at all the nodes and being verified on those nodes typically takes around 30 seconds already. So um, if you're a miner, um, or if you, are, if you own um, a mining device and decide which block do I want to, uh, sorry, which which pool do I want to connect to? Then you have two choices. Either you can connect to a big, big pool or to a small pool. And the network profits more if you connect to a small pool with bigger decentralization. But you profit more if you connect to a big pool. Because if, if, a, if a big pool finds, um, finds a block, they can immediately just start to work on the next block and everybody else only 30 seconds later. Right? So that makes it um, that centralizes towards big pools. It's not quite true what I said because most of the of mining pools have, uh, what's it called? Uh, they, have a, they don't propagate the blocks to each other via the peer-to-peer -peer network. They have a direct line in a sense, I forgot what it's called. So it's there, it's not those 30 seconds and there are a few things that you could do to speed that up. But just the general idea of the bigger the blocks are, uh, the longer it takes before I can actually also start to mine again. Um, that, that is first an argument against shorter block times and second an argument for smaller blocks. So small and slow. It's just like somewhat contradicting uh, what people intuitively want to do, uh, which is why we have things like Lightning Network. And actually I should have put Lightning Network, no, I should not. I mean, the, the, if I would not have gone by market cap, but by size of network in nodes, uh, then Lightning Network is actually number two. So Bitcoin has the most um, nodes, uh, but there are more lightning nodes than Ethereum nodes. So uh, they, they, this does have a different scale, right? Okay, next one is Bitcoin SV. What does SV stand for? What's, what's their vision? But it's, uh, their, their pitch is we have Satoshi. Right? And we know what Satoshi wants. He wants those features and not those. Uh, what they are um, trying to sell to the outside world is is that they reword Bitcoin to the state that it was in the very beginning, where it indeed did not have a block, block size limit. But they also, and, and a few, uh, a few opcodes were removed. Like a few, uh, I said in the beginning briefly that Bitcoin has a, uh, a scripting language. And like early on in 2010 or whatever, uh, Zatoshi removed some of the opcodes of that scripting language for fear of being insecure if used in some context, and they reactivate some of those. So their idea is really going back to the roots, but the idea is, I mean, the, the meme is, is that. I'm, I'm, I would have to look it up, but I, I'm like 99% sure that they also edit some things, edit some opcodes that were not in any previous version 
of Bitcoin. So, so they are their Satoshi's vision is not going back to what we know Satoshi's vision is. Their Satoshi's vision is really we have Satoshi standing here. He's telling us what he's, he's telling us his vision, which is a weird way of doing it. Okay. So then we have Litecoin. What's Litecoin's meme? Silver. Silver. Right. There's like the Litecoin is silver to Bitcoin's gold. In a sense, um, the, the idea there is that Bitcoin is too heavy for some applications. The fee might be too high for some applications. So we just do like a smaller version of that um, or a more, more flexible version of that. Um, if it's a smaller version, what is really the parameter being smaller? The parameter being smaller is, it's small, it's, it's again a weird word there, but, uh, they have two and a half minutes block times, so it's four times faster. It's by that, by the same arguments that I made before, also less secure. And Litecoin is, as opposed to Bitcoin Cash and all the others, Litecoin is somewhat handling that honestly. I say like, okay, we are aiming for those use cases where you don't need the heavy, high security level of Bitcoin. Um, the, the lower security level should be fine. And I think that's that's at least honest. Um, they were also more flexible indeed um, when there was this big discussion about, about SegWit in Bitcoin. Uh, Litecoin adopted SegWit much earlier because um, it has the meme of being more flexible, more adjustable to, to, certain, to certain things. And at that point in time, actually, when, um, when during the SegWit yes, no thing on Bitcoin, you could easily trade Litecoin and make a, make a nice... Um, return on Litecoin by saying if it becomes less likely for Bitcoin to um, to adopt SegWit, um, then Litecoin rises in price. So it's it's really the um, Litecoin maybe also really from from their value that they contribute on from their market cap is mostly driven by is a flexible version of Bitcoin maybe better. So is Bitcoin maybe too inflexible? Okay, then we have Binance Coin. I'm not talking about that because it's just like a it's a it's a dedicated one. I'm also not talking about Crypto.com. I don't even know what this does actually. It's probably some 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 you need to hold it to get better conditions, just like Binance. Okay, then we have uh, the next one that is like not a single purpose or single company coin would be EOS, uh, and the ones after that are actually Tezos and Ada. I would like to, to handle all three of those um, together because they have, they they share the same meme. It's kind of funny that they are also in the same range of value. Their meme is nobody. That really tells me something. And maybe I should not just as honorable mention put IOTA later on the list. Um, because there, I guess everybody has an idea of what the meme of IOTA is. Internet of things. Internet of things. So they, they, they managed to have a meme that sticks. Right? And that, that also um, qualifies them for, for some use cases, if they are suitable technologically or not, that does qualify them for some use cases. EOS, Tezos, Edda, they have a harder time. But nevertheless, they do have a meme. What is it? Yeah. Uh, they have the meme of being like the Ethereum killers. Right? So uh, the, the meme there is that Bitcoin is blockchain 1.0, Ethereum was blockchain 2.0, and we learned a few things there, but now comes blockchain 3.0. And like the, the competition um, for this, for the for front runner of, of blockchain 3.0 is EOS, Tezos, EDA, but also Ethereum 2.0. Bitcoin 
they all have this. I mean, I think Tesla is this baker. Is it baking? Uh, Tezos has baking, yeah, but the difference between baking and staking is just like minuscule. They are just all staking. Yeah. Yeah. EOS and uh, actually, I think all three of them, either EOS and, and uh, Cardano, they for sure have delegated staking, um, as in the, the key that holds the funds does not need to sign anything, does not need to, to do anything. You have the funds on one address and you have a different key where you transfer the, the staking rights um, to that different key and in case of cardano it even goes one step further that key is still under your control there's not some staking pool but that key can then uh, forward those rights again to a staking pool and the idea there is that um, that you you switch the staking pool like every now and then every few days by looking at which ones currently gives me the best options address a has the funds and the funds don't move Address B is like uh, address A says the uh, the right force choosing the staking pool goes to address B. Address B doesn't hold any funds. Okay. Address B says today I want that pool, tomorrow I want another, 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 okay. so that you can also like um, algorithmically choose uh, fully you automated. Per time frame with address with private key B. Yes, um, the funds at, of A are not at risk. They are not at risk. Through exposing the key, and they are also not at risk due to the staking. Those checks back if the whole will be still with address A. Probably. Yes, if you would move the funds away from address A, then that would remove the staking as well. But um, but also, if somebody makes a mistake during staking, you don't lose the funds, right? So you might not get the reward, but you but don't. That's lose different if you orders, right? That's the case for Cardano and for EOS. Uh, <coughs> partially the case for Tezos. I'm, I'm like slightly on thin ice here because um, I, when I read all of that, that was not the final specification yet. I'm not sure if anybody chose um, chose differently like in the end. But for Tezos, Tezos, um, a part of the funds is indeed at risk. So if I delegate the stake to somebody, I better make sure that he really acts honestly, or I, I delegate that to myself. And then I better make sure that the opsec of those of that stake yeah. of that baker is, is kind of good that nobody gets that key because if you would get that key and like misbehave that with, with that key, then a part of my funds would actually be at risk. That's called slashing, and both Tezos and Ethereum 2.0 do have slashing, so they do incentivize very controlled um, proof of stake. Uh, EOS and Cardano do not have slashing. There is just the assumption that if I hold a big amount of ADA. I will not misbehave with regards to Ada, with regards to Cardano, because uh, I'm incentivized through a high price and through receiving the reward that I might otherwise miss. But this is actually not part of their meme. Their, um, their meme of all four of them, um, like EOS, Cardano, Tezos, and Ethereum 2.0, is it's proof of stake. It's much greener. It's much faster. The reason why they say it's faster um, is because they can reach faster block times um, just due to the reason that I mentioned before. In Bitcoin, uh, 30 seconds go towards propagating the thing because of mining. Uh, sorry, because of, because of the size of the block and propagating, verifying it. Um, but Bitcoin has, has two things. First, uh, if, you, if you can start faster to mine on the next one, then, um, then you get a head start. So if you do staking and not mining, then, then actually the 30 seconds would be enough. And the second is that if you do mining, you have a Poisson distribution of times. So 
sometimes it's two hours between lots and sometimes it's 10 seconds. And if you have 30 seconds to verify that thing, then 10 seconds until the next one is found is actually very high, very, very difficult to do. So, uh, so if you stake uh, and you don't have this probabilistic nature of the, of the process, uh, then you can just have, uh, you can just look at how, how long does propagation of the block take me, take me 45 seconds. Then I do a block time of 46 seconds and, and like just a constant block time. And I'm fine with that. When I reached 46 seconds, uh, instead of 10 minutes. And that's like my, my benefit that I have over proof of work. Some of these uh, challengers of Ethereum, let's call them in a very high level positive. I think they have, I mean, they have no respect for doing what they do. Um, but on the other hand, I'm just asking myself, adoption on Ethereum is still really low, right? For real cases. Yes. So how likely is it, even if you're way better just how can you, I mean, there's so little use cases on Ethereum, which is really famous, even if it's, and then um, maybe, yes, the argument then is for your project, if you're Cardano, Tezos, or whoever, um, you do it with something better, but still, I mean, if not yet a bad use case is working, why should spend more specified use cases? Yeah, and that's and that's work. actually part of the origin story of um, of a lot of those. I mean, EOS, for example, did an ICO where they gathered four billion dollar in uh, in two thousand early two thousand eighteen. Um, the the marketing campaigns for that and actually collecting most of the money was in two thousand seventeen. It was first um, very fortunate timing with regards to with the price of I mean with with the market in general. But also that was the, uh, the, the time where people were, were trying to tell me that the flippening is happening any second now. The flippening as in uh, Ethereum being more valuable than Bitcoin, like market cap. Never came to that, but, um, but that's like the, back then um, it was not only the expectation of, hey, we, we will need those things, um, but also the expectation to Ethereum was very high. I think starting something like that today or doing an, an ICO like that today would be a very different situation. Um, are there questions? It's, um, I hope there are, but at the same time, we are already very progressed in time. What's the meme of Dogecoin? <laughs> <laughs> What's the meme of Dogecoin? Uh, it's, um, Dogecoin is a meme, it doesn't really have a meme, <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, they are, they are just honest about it. I, and, and when we talk about memes, of, I mean, I did not want to go to memes as in, as in pictures with, with, with text, but memes really in the, um, in the Dawkins type sense of pieces of culture. Uh, thank you very much for your participation. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. This episode was brought to you by CryptoFinance. We are happy to receive comments and feedback. Email your thoughts to research at cryptofinance.ch.